Hello. Hello. What's up, everybody? It's Aaron And Nicole. This is Dude That's Fucked Up. A podcast. A podcast for the people. For the people. Mm-hmm. What people? <sighs> you people. The people Hello. we love. Hello, all you lovely people. <laughs> if this is your first time joining us, welcome. I hope you like it. If wow. not, sorry. <laughs> um, we're not going to explain anything about what this podcast has to af- offer, and you're just going to have to find out. And wow, is it going to be a lot for you? See, see if you like it. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll love it. Yeah. Maybe you'll hate it. Maybe yep. you're like, meh. I'll see what else there is out there. Yeah. You know. Either way, we don't care. We just talk to each other because we're best friends, and this is a fun way to do it. And uh, oh my gosh, my god, what a time to be alive! You know? Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Ugh, love it. Do we have any uh, business this week happening? Um, no, I don't think so. No biz. All right. Well, I I'm gonna plug the website per usual. Uh, go to okay. dtfepodcast.com. Yeah, I was gonna say we've been plugging the Patreon. Uh, oh my gosh, we oh, you guys we've got some good shit on there this month. Oh my gosh, we recorded, which <laughs> I need to post to the Patreon because it's just sitting there uh, with no one watching it. But we did our uh, bonus episode uh, on Tuesday, and it was so fun. And I feel like this like is kind of connected in a mm. way or something. Like it felt similar. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We did a. a so we done we've done an episode on the Palace of Versailles and how disgusting it was mm-hmm. uh, in its heyday when all these people were of the court were living there and uh, there was also a big scandal. So we did an episode about this big scandal. It's very interesting, very fun. Yeah, the affairs. There was poison happening, Ugh. which didn't really need to happen because they were just poisoning themselves. They were just literally like not changing their wigs and getting anthrax so yeah and just like honestly like so many people were just dying from shitting on a cat and it just like attacking their <laughs> assholes to death and like yeah. that it was really sad if um, you know what we're talking about then great <laughs> if you don't then I highly recommend you listen to that episode because that's a real thing yeah um, but oh not God. really but kind of you know yeah 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 um yeah so check all those things out um yeah Got merch in the store, stickers, oh, fun stuff. Fun. Bananas. Ba- bananas? <laughs> How many letters did I miss? It's just the one, just the bananas. end. <laughs> what are you get, drinking? Get, your, get yourself a banana. I know I did make a drink, but I've barely had a sip of it, so I don't think it's that. I think I'm just tired. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm so tired today. Yeah. It was just like a long fucking day, man. Oh, my God. At least you have like a parasite in your body you can blame. I have nothing. <laughs> You're at least like, You might have a parasite. You never true. know. That's true. Oh, my God. That just reminds me of like right before uh, we started recording. I like checked my Facebook and someone posted in our secret Facebook group. Um, like uh. a good neighbor. Ringworm eclair. <laughs> no, tapeworm eclair. Oh, tapeworm eclair. <laughs> and it's a picture of an eclair that has um, tapeworms. tapeworms. I but it's all it. State Farm branding. 
Yeah, I it's fucking like all hate it. I, I know hate it. it was really gross. I love it, but I hate it. I know I love it so much. I love it and I hate it. Rough. Yeah. Anywho, oh, oh dear. Anything yeah. fucked up for you this week? I don't really. Aside have... from seeing the the <laughs> tapeworm Claire. Yeah, tapeworm Claire. <laughs> um, no, I just it's been like kind of a weird busy week, but I'm getting through it. And tomorrow's Friday, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, and I wanted an eclair, but not anymore, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. What was your, um, do you have anything fucked up this week? Um, nothing personally fucked up. Um, I just, I, I decided instead of like, you know, focus, like obviously I'm focusing on like the big news stories of the day and like trying to do what I can to like pay attention to that and like Mm -hmm. stay you know, active and, and activated and involved. But I, I'm trying to, instead of like for, for this, for the purposes of the podcast, whenever I don't necessarily have anything personally fucked up for myself Mm -hmm. and things are in the world generally fucked up every, every day, we know that, but I'm trying to find news stories that are fucked up and hilarious. Oh yeah. Fucked up in a fun way. Fucked up light. Yeah, like fucked up it. Yeah. This this uh, news story I saw. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing this. I think I'm gonna try to start doing this. Yeah. Um. It, so. <laughs> what a this, good use of time too, since nothing's new every day. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, there. Yeah. We got to look outward now. There's other things happening in the world also, yeah. and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. some of it's still very funny. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> What a news story that I have been just laughing at basically is this um, in Canada, uh, these oil lobbyists basically Streisand affected themselves. Mm, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so there's this child's Netflix, I think, movie or show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, I think it's a movie. Yeah. And it's about Bigfoot. And like mm-hmm. the whole premise is like how you know, there's like oil, uh, oil company trying to like build a pipeline or some shit. And it's just like very like of, of the time. It's like, like a fern gully. Of it's the like new a times. fern gully. Yeah. yeah it's but it's animated. Like, yeah. But it has to do with Bigfoot. Yeah. And his family. Yeah. Living in, you know, the Canadian wilderness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so these, this fucking Canadian oil lobby got so fucking upset by it first of all this movie isn't even like on anybody's radar it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) until these dumb motherfuckers gave him the best like free publicity you could you could ask for so i guess the film's actually set in the united states i think it's set in alaska maybe Mm -mm. but the canadian energy center this is the 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 lobby uh, people, yeah, uh, the oil lobby funded by the province of Alberta has launched a campaign against the movie, which it says, quote, brainwashes children with, quote, anti-oil and gas propaganda. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what century they're living in. Uh, I, I think all oil executives are probably not living in this current uh, political yeah. or you know, climate, environmental, actual, Envir- physical, environmental actual physical, actual envi- physical, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> what they're doing, yeah. But uh, sirs and madams, this is 
This is a dumb fucking hill to die on. You just shut up and eat your food. Yeah. That you make millions of dollars. You know, go, go, you, you're oil executives. Like, nobody, you don't need fucking children to be worshiping you. I don't get, like, it is the funniest thing to me. It's a, it's, it's a, so dumb. It's so dumb. Also, it's like, yeah, okay. I can I haven't seen the film, so I cannot say one way or the other, but I can place a pretty significant sum of a wager and guess that this movie isn't just essentially outright vilifying anyone who works for like the power company or whatever. You know, it's like probably more about the environment and how like this is a guess, but like, oh, no, like we the what we're doing with this, you know, fracking or whatever. It's like, (laughs) it's like, oh, this could have long-term effects on our environment. And maybe this is bad. And like Bigfoot, my dad is losing his home and like all this stuff, you know, this is like my dad. Oh no. Right. It's the dad. Isn't the Bigfoot the dad? (laughs) Yeah. So it's probably like, oh, this used to be my home, but now see how everyone's like drilling it and fracking it. And it's like, this is probably what the yeah. film's about. It's yeah. probably not like, you know who the fucking worst asshole scum of the earth is and we should all do hate crimes against them? Canadian the Energy <laughs> Center. Like, <laughs> like, no. I'm sorry. It's like, it, is, it is so dumb that these, the energy that they're yeah. putting into this has created. So, <laughs> <The> energy. <laughs> they should be putting that energy into energy. Well, <laughs> Because they've they've like fully gone on the offensive where nobody yeah. was asking them to. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie again, it's a children's movie about Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, this movie is now like trending on Netflix because of it. They just like fully amplified this movie, and I yeah. think it's like terrible. Probably. Thanks like, for I the free press. Like I think they were like getting like bad reviews, yeah. and nobody wanted to watch it, and now it's just like. I think I'm going to watch that uh, kids movie about Bigfoot. Well, I saw in um, one of my friend's discords, shout out to Sean, uh, who I think started listening to our podcast recently. Um, one of my Twitch friends. Ah. Oh, my God. Crossover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he shared this article in his discord and I was reading it. Also, the oil companies have gotten people to write letters to Netflix. It's like they're getting like the families of the their employees or something to be like what are you doing ruining our livelihoods or whatever they're just like like blatantly astroturfing like (laughs) an issue that is already like not an issue that's what i'm saying it's like so oppressed they're feeling so oppressed they're trying to like use cancel culture yeah yeah. to their advantage which it's so weird (laughs) it's like i think you'll be fine no one's ending oil any tomorrow you know we're trying, but we're trying, but it's not going to happen. So not, everybody, calm yeah. Down. Oh my god, it's just so funny. Oh uh, they're worried kids. They're literally worried kids are going to hate oil companies because of this movie. It's like, no, no, they're hate oil companies because you're oil companies and you just you know pollute the entire world. It's fine. I'm more worried it's going to – I'm more – I'd be more worried about it causing, like, a generational fetish for Bigfoots because, like, <laughs> is the Bigfoot dad hot? I, I think what's his dick like? What's his dick like? Uh, we probably don't see it in this animated film, but, no. you know, use your imagination. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. It is yeah. just the silliest thing to me. I, I just had to talk about it. I had to like, get it off my chest. 
so dumb, but I feel like this leads into our segue for today a little bit because it's just like, I don't know, mostly men being dumb is my guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't have like a great segue from this. Uh, but I did write out a little um, intro to our topic. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. I am bringing the same energy, though, because uh, men have ruined everything for women, just like flat out, from walking at night to developing as a teen on our own to drinking with friends. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Our stance is that we burn it all down, put the men on an island, and then we start society from scratch, and then we go from there. It's like you need to earn your place back in society, and that's for everyone, including all the men we know, with the exception of Chris Evans. He can come. Yeah, he's in. He's Automatically, fine. he's fine. Um, yeah, he's very That's America's cool. ass. Yeah, we need it. <laughs> um, uh <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Um, well, not only have they ruined so many things for us just like in general, but for me personally today, men have also ruined craft beer for me. Personally. And personally <laughs> for me. Um, because if anyone is into craft beer that's listening, you know it's a very like white, very male dominated field uh that's changing obviously as everything is um but it's very very slow even if you go to a beer festival it's mostly like white dudes with beards Mm -hmm. um uh but what if we told you that women used to be the brewmasters and the alewives and the whatevers and they were the ones making all the yummiest most bubbliest most hoppiest fucking drinks from stout and they were out there stout and they were fermenting they were ipa and they were lagering all they yeah. were logging logging <laughs> they, were. they were they were kenny loggins out here just making all the beers and it was a time what a time to yeah. be alive it, and I, we're talking like from our hunter gatherer early ancestors to viking days mm-hmm. through the 18th century women dominated this field like this was this is what women did period Mm -hmm. um yeah so our episode today is all about beer and how women were the original brewers or brewsters Mm. if you will Mm -hmm. um and how and why that changed and if there is a possible link to witchcraft um of course there's always a link to witchcraft when it comes to women in the mid mid middle ages like there's always going to be something i know we're like taking it back like i know women are like taking back witchcraft but Mm -hmm. it's also just like of course they all called women witches yeah i remember this was like a A bad death sentence for yeah for women back then Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so i highly recommend uh, a great article titled how women brewsters save the world by tara nuren she she's the official historian of uh this organization called the pink boots society Mm. um the pink boots society according to their website their mission is uh they were created to assist inspire and encourage women fermented alcohol beverage industry professionals to advance Mm. their careers through education so this is like a a platform where women can uh you know find resources uh who are interested in in brewing beer as a profession or just like are passionate about it whatever yeah so definitely check that out um that's cool yeah it's the pink boot society Mm. um so yeah it's very very interesting so we're gonna we're gonna talk about from very early on 
to present day, like mm. what how women have factored into the the whole process of of making beer, how it all started and where it's going. Cool. Um so the ancient origins to start for centuries, nay millennia, mm. women were brewing the beer up in this bitch. And by this bitch, I mean the whole world. In every country and culture, women were making the beers. Um, they were called brewsters. We got rid of that word through modern, though, in modern day beer slang, though, because it's the feminine of brewer. So, oh, yeah. I'm gonna start just calling. I'm gonna start just calling male brewers brewsters. What's up, brewster? And then when they go, oh, it's a brewmaster. I'm gonna go. Well, actually, I'm gonna well actually them, yes. and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to be back into the world. This is the first thing I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go to a local craft brewery and I'm going to say, oh, may I please may I please speak to your head brewer when they come over to go, hello, yes, good day, Brewster. And then when he goes, <laughs> no, and I'll go, yes, mm-hmm. you don't know. And well, actually. Yeah. Tell him all about the history. <laughs> you, l- let us arm you with this knowledge. Yeah. So you can also do the well, actually. <laughs> We've been in quarantine too long. <laughs> Help me. Uh, so evidence shows that the world's first settlers began growing barley for beer and or bread as early as 10,000 BCE, mm. um, millennia before Jesus was born. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um. So many experts believe that the hunter-gatherers who preceded the Sumerians on the evolutionary timeline also brewed beer. Um, they don't know how there's, like, a lot of debate on how this, like, actually started because it seems like it might have been by accident. Like, um, think they think, like, maybe it was accidentally – like a fermentation process like happened naturally mm. like where their containers filled with like whatever drink yeah got filled they got some airborne yeast and like wild grains whatever and like it got into their grains whatever and it, it just like made this fermented bev that like was an early form of beer um wasn't everything an accident back then i mean honestly this i think about this probably more <laughs> this thought occupies my brain more than any other is like I'll, I'll pick up a fucking pineapple and be like how the fuck did humans figure this out yeah how did they know how to eat this how do they know how to get into it like how did we figure out how to cook shit so we wouldn't yeah. die from it i don't know it's just like all these things. Like, yeah. think about how much more the world expanded once, you know, all these little trial and error things happened. Like, so many people had to die yeah, for the trial and error to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we, we're we very lucky that we know how to do. We live now. That we live now. So, mm-hmm. And we know uh, which plants are poisonous. That's right. Yeah. And how to, like, open a fucking coconut. Um, and how to buy beer. <laughs> We don't even have to make it ourselves anymore. <laughs> um, well, whether or not like it's a hundred percent accurate that you know this is like kind of accidental or like maybe it was like some really smart person back in those very early hunter gatherer days was like, mm-hmm. 
no, no, no. I get it. Like fermentation yeah. is a thing and it's going to fuck people up. Um, so <laughs> whatever the like the whole story is, archaeologists do agree that the vast majority of ancient brewers were women, 100% women. Um, Dr. Patrick McGovern, a University of Pennsylvania biomolecular archaeologist, that is a cool fucking branch of archaeology to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he says that while men were out hunting, women were out gathering the ingredients they needed to make other foods and to drink to go with the woolly mammoth or mastodon. <laughs> cool. Oh, what oh. pairs with a woolly <laughs> mammoth uh, steak? Mm. Mm. Um, erg. With ale. I'm gonna <laughs> erg. Um, do you have any more of those fermented beets over there? That'd be so great. Mm, I think, yeah, like a sweet note of a beet would be great. Yeah, yeah, and mastodon tongue. Yeah, Yeah. love that. Love that. Oh my god, Mm. delicious. Um. (laughs) Oh my god, it makes sense because, like, since the dawn of time, uh, women have like you know been the homemakers and like the caretakers, and like it makes sense that if they're cooking. The yeah. food and baking the bread and all that shit that like oh yeah then they'll make the beer yeah because also they fit you know over time like you water sources were not always um safe yeah so you had to you know make sure that that was safe by f- like fermenting actually helps kill some of the bad bacteria bring mm-hmm. in that good bacteria so mm-hmm. um and Dr. McGovern also determined that the Mesopotamian drinking vessels that they've found um, on sites Mm -hmm. contain the earliest known barley beer. Hell yeah. Oh, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Was it like a woolly mammoth um, horn? Tusk. Tusk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Who's to say? Probably just a a clay pot. Um, Oh. Dr. McGovern <laughs> also says that in these early societies that cultivated grains for the purpose of fermenting and, and making beer, that women were the ones who made the household fermented beverages. Like, mm-hmm. this is just true across the board. Um, makes sense. Do you yeah, think, like, like you said, it makes sense. They're in, they're, yeah. they're preparing all the, all the food and stuff, so. Maybe they were drinking too much. Like, maybe, like, I wonder if the wheel and, like, fire and stuff could have been figured out so much sooner, but they were just, like, getting drunk every night and, like, but isn't that a, their life. Uh, we just had St. Patrick's Day, and I, I always see the, the little factoid or, like, the little funny Wikipedia uh, screen grab people post of, like, how there was a 300-year gap in innovation in Ireland after they invented whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> like there was just like nothing yeah for 300 years no, i don't know yeah. i don't know that's, who's to that's say funny. yeah i can see it being real though <laughs> i can see it being real and fake i can see it being fake too but that is funny i i think it's a maybe just a, a great irish joke um yeah fun but yeah so it's it's mostly it's most well documented in the early it bleh. Jesus. The most the most well-documented and earliest recorded beer recipe comes from the ancient Sumerians who had a literal beer goddess called mm. Ninkazi. Mm. Now, maybe you've heard the name Ninkazi before because it's also the name of a fantastic brewery from DJ's hometown of Eugene, Oregon. Oh, have you ever, have you ever had three buffs up there? Have you ever? Yeah, they're they're about it. I love that. Mm. Um, have you ever had a Ninkazi? Brewery I don't beer? 
I don't know. Pro- You've probably I, seen nothing. it around. They, yeah. they make the Tricera hops beer. Mm. It's like a triple hopped uh, beer. Ooh, fun. Very on brand with Ninkazi. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, their history's oldest beer recipe comes from the Sumerians and mm. the recipe is an actual hymn dedicated to Ninkazi. So it's Whoa. like- it's like they were worshiping put this. in the grain yeah, yeah. <laughs> let oh, it ferment <laughs> drink it till you're drunk <laughs> I don't know what a hymn sounds like I but. don't either yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nor do I know what an ancient Sumerian hymn sounds no. like <laughs> probably oh yeah I was maybe like Gregorian chants or something but that's like them <laughs> drinking the beer <laughs> it's just all gargling noises <laughs> I don't like that Woof. oh god this is on video <laughs> Yeah, so the Sumerian women brewed uh, a lot of low alcohol beer for religious ceremonies um, mm. and as part of their daily like food ration. I think it like had some calories, so that helped with mm. the, you know, yeah. working, working out in the field and whatnot. Uh, Empty cows. Yeah. But Sumerian brewers enjoyed tremendous respect. Women mm. brewers enjoyed tremendous respect in part because they probably also served as the priestesses of the of Ninkazi. So they were like doing the brewing in service, not just of the community, but of their goddess. Yeah. So I love that. Um, Drink of your goddess. (laughs) Dude, this is who I would, I want to worship. Yeah, same. Oh, same. I think maybe we should bring this religion back. I'm just looking for the goddess, the god, like I'll bring goddesses from all, all Mm, the whole spectrum. Not me. This one's a beer goddess. Yeah, she's fucking cool. All the okay. other ones, I don't care. And maybe a wine one. <laughs> Is there a weed goddess? Oh, uh, I'm sure. A party goddess. The, those ones are cool, but yeah, all the rest, meh. Yeah. Take them or leave them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Babylonians were also about that beer life, and they also held women in high regard. Mm. Uh, Babylonian women had the right to divorce, own property, oh have businesses God. of their own. And some historians uh, say they may have participated in some of the world's earliest commerce as they sold their beer with new forms of bookkeeping and writing. Wow. So, like, this is, like, when written records first started, like, back in, you know, these these days in the Middle East. Like, yeah. You know, the Code of Hammurabi, like all this shit was like brand new. And they're like, yeah, let's just like write this shit down. We need receipts, bitch. (laughs) Women are always keeping the receipts. (laughs) If that's not the truth, I don't know what is. Yeah, this is some capitalism I could get behind, though, for real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, women were in charge, so I'm for it. Yeah. Um, Women were encouraged in Babylonia to work as tavern keepers and professional bakers and brewers. So very cool. And so at some point, either the Sumerians or the Babylonians introduced beer making to the Egyptians who loved that shit. Mm. Loved it. Um, Women in Egypt were also doing the ones doing the the ones doing the brewing at first. Mm. Um, Of course, at some point, men were like, huh, you ladies sure are making a lot of money doing this cute beer stuff. Maybe the men should just start doing it instead. Mm Mm-mm. Just go back and just do the baking. 
Okay. Um, so all the women, not all, but most women were pushed aside into like secondary roles of, of brewing and, uh, brewing became massive in Egypt to the point that it was like a corporate level, big business kind of structure Mm. in Egypt. Um, and this is like built up over, you know, centuries, if not thousands of years in Egypt. Um, and some historians say that Cleopatra herself lost her popularity towards the end of her reign more because she in- implemented a tax on beer, the first ever tax on beer, mm. the first ever tax, I think, period, than for her wars with Rome, which the beer tax went to help pay for. <laughs> oh. So she was caught in a real, real, uh, real pickle there. Um, but yeah, so that's. <laughs> That's where historians think she lost her her grip on power is because of uh, the beer tax, mm. um, which is a very interesting little in- historical tidbit to me. Yeah. Um, but women were – this was just the Middle East kind of where a lot of civilization was really popping. Mm-hmm. But women were brewing all over the world. Um, and long after this derail- derailing of men in Egypt uh, – it was it wasn't like a nail in a, in the coffin by any means because right. for many 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 thousands of years after all this bullshit um women still were doing all the brewing like we said yeah. it's like this is the early years we're going to get into some later years but this was the first sign in Egypt that women really can't have anything of their own yeah i'm well yeah except for their periods maybe i don't know <laughs> I don't but know. But even then, it's like people want to know what's going on. What day of your cycle is it? What does this mean for conception? You know, it's yeah. like, oh. get out of my vagina. Yeah, like we can't even have our own bodies. So yeah. it's, it's you know, can't yeah. have can't have anything. I know. I can't know. brew beer, can't have anything. Mm-mm. So yeah, oh. um, early Northern Europeans also worshipped their beer goddesses, just like ancient Middle Easterners did. Mm. And before the second millennium CE, most European women drank and brewed beer as well. Um, so, like, we're talking migratory Germanic women who were brewing and like deep in the forest to avoid fucking Holy Roman invaders. Oh. Um, you know, like this is the time frame that I'm talking about. Um, yeah, and then like also English alewives who maintained their traditions until the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. So this was like the level of which women were working. Um, and like just like Eastern European or not Eastern European, I'm sorry. Nor- God, I'm so tired today. <laughs> Middle, e- Middle East, just like Middle Eastern cultures, uh, European women were feeding their husbands and children low alcohol, nutrient rich homebrew. Mm-mm. And especially in Europe, this was more sanitary than water. So this was necessary. Um, Also in like Viking er areas, like Norsemen, Vikings, they only allowed women to brew all the all, quote, all, A-U-L, which fueled their conquests. Um, Only women were allowed to do that. Oh, it was like an honor. Yeah, it was like. Oh, okay. I was thinking like they're like, we're going to drink all these other kinds. You can brew this one. No, no, no. They were like, (laughs) they 
they were like, we'll do like all the fighting. Although yeah. some women fought too. Yeah. But uh, women, they were like, this is this is like the women's work. Like this is, yeah. you know, you you do this. We'll go do all the brutal fighting. Yeah. Uh, we'll hop on these fucking cool boats and do some shit. Um, but just Viking, sure we're buzzed. Yeah, we just really need to be fucked because there was like they were doing scary. some crazy shit. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. So Viking, but why? Because of this, Viking women drank the same ale that they drank, mm-hmm. and they were like going cup for cup with these big old fucking Viking men. So yeah, this is why I know my friend Chrissy is for sure like a Viking at heart because I have never met anybody who could drink as much as her. <laughs> Shout out to Chrissy. <laughs> Love you, CJ. <laughs> she's uh, she's Viking adjacent. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, this this is just like how it was in history, like from the beginning until the early 1700s. And it was just part of the woman's work in the household. Like they were just making essentially beer and ale and whatever and every and feeding it to the family, like you said. And everybody mm-hmm. was like living off of it. But I don't think. Um, I, I don't know how much of it was being like, like sold. I don't know how much yeah. of it was like capitalized on. Capitalized it was on. just like everybody had their own homebrew yeah. situation. And or it was like communal, it. like with the Vikings or whatever. It was like just your part, like what you had to do to like contribute to your society or whatever. Um, yeah. But at some point women started figuring out like oh like we could sell this like it's super time consuming it's so much work it the process is lengthy also it's not just time consuming in terms of making it but like it takes a few days you know um maybe people other people don't want to be making this maybe they'll buy it from us so women started to have a like doing the you know businesswoman special they were out here they were the businesswomen they were making money for selling their wares um absolutely get that money yeah make that money like also selling beer i don't think has ever been hard like it it's a recession proof uh industry uh we all know that some of the grossest beer has the highest sales. <laughs> Part of its marketing. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, yeah, c- come out here and do this. Um, and it, But it did, it required a lot of work. It required, you know, moving bales of grains. There were, like, rodents and stuff that would get in your grains. You had to, like, shoo them out of the way. You had to stand over, like, the hearth, stir in the pot for long periods of time. You had to, like, haul this stuff. If you did want to go sell it in town, you had to, like, bring it into town. Barrels you had to make, of beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Bar- huge barrels of beer on a horse and shit. Like, it was, and you had to, like, move it. You know, it was, it was a lot of strenuous labor and time-consuming labor and then you when you got to town you probably had to talk to like a bunch of fucking mouth breathers who were like looking at your tits and you're just like trying to sell this beer and it sounds <laughs> so exhausting you know absolutely like what who wants that but it, it, that's a great way to make money and um and women like to keep to make things a little bit easier would like you know, keep cats as pets around them and um, to chase the mice away. And they would like wear big fun hats to like advertise that they were selling beer and huge like kind of cauldron things. 
all all to like maximize profit and this will be relevant later but just mm-hmm. remember this as we get into the next time period which is essentially when all of the men weeded the women out of being brewsters spunky brewsters <laughs> Um, so as Europe entered the Reformation period in the mid 1500s, society was like really, really, really solidified a woman's places in the home. They were like this. There's no arguing with this. This is the bullshit that we're going to peddle to everyone and you need to accept it. Um, and Mm. at the same time, to the detriment of women, men were like, oh, I think we could like make a lot of money if we sold beer. Like. We should make we should be making the beer and selling it and making the money and like being in charge. God damn it. <sighs> Just like in ancient Egypt, this shit happened in medieval Europe. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. It's forever. You we'll know? have it we'll have it like we'll have it, you know, some something good going. Yeah. And then it's Yeah. Can't, yeah. And if it's not just like taking over, if it's not taking over for like monetary reasons, it's at least taking the credit. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, this is my idea. It's like, excuse me, Tad, you don't have <laughs> ideas, okay? <laughs> mm. I should uh, be your boss, but. Yeah, but uh, this world is sexist. Mm-hmm. Well, the men, the men's first order of business was to discourage women from making beer and and just being like it's too much time it takes you away from the kids but the, like you should be making dinner and doing like house lady things and that like was it's like so hard yeah. you you have it so hard let's let me yeah yeah it's like yeah. a yeah it's like oh um but like I don't know your bread's not as good maybe it's the beer maybe you should just like try and not make it for a while it's like whatever they were just like fucking around just trying to weasel their way in mm-hmm. um but also uh it it's uh it I think it, it it that deterred some women like a small amount I would imagine but also I think it's possible that a lot of the women were kind of like early like independent women like mm-hmm. these were women that maybe weren't married and they were I mean maybe- it would it would certainly makes having a profession that you're dedicated possible. to possible when yeah. especially in these days like not being married not having children like yeah this is uh it lends itself to having a much easier time having a career like like it anytime, anytime yeah. in, in world history. So, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And this would Cheryl be Sandberg their- out here trying to tell us we can have it all. Bitch, what? No. Oh, my God. How exhausting. <laughs> you can if, if you're-, you're a millionaire. Yeah. You can ha- you can have everything you want when you have tons yeah. of money. Absolutely. Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, well, um, it, it didn't stop all of the women from uh, from going and brewing and um, this irked the men and they kind of out of nowhere but not really because they had been doing this already but you know at a certain point it started picking up a lot of traction they just started calling women who were Brewster's witches mm-hmm. they uh, you know they just saw an opportunity and they're like well we can't out make the beer because I don't know why they couldn't but, you know, they were having a problem competing against these women selling their be- their garbage inferior beer. Um, and their the, Bud and- Light Limes versus <laughs> their fucking craft brew, like 
gold medal winning Ew. like ales. Yeah. <laughs> They're Bud Light lines. <laughs> They're like, oh, these hops are bad. Let's put some like lime flavor in it, maybe. They're like, to how cover come up no one likes shit? this strawberryita? I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Listen, I'll drink a strawberry all day long. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to feel sick afterwards and then people are going to stop buying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want I don't want diarrhea like every no. day, every time no. I drink beer. Come on. Yeah. After my first beer. Um, yeah. This and this was not the first time that this had happened. But but, you know, like people had been men had been doing this since forever times like in 1413 um a, a brewster named christine colmier her business was totally destroyed when a man named simon daniel told all her neighbor, neighbors that she had leprosy so this was like before the witch thing really caught on but they what were what a so, fucking asshole what a fucking asshole they were just out here trying to like discredit these women and we didn't, haven't really talked about their social class but generally these women were like of a, lo- a lower social class and stuff so like you could easily tarnish you could just pick one and be like no she fucking sucks and everybody believed you it's disgusting mm-hmm. and then when the witchcraft stuff started when the witchcraft stuff started like picking up steam like um this was happening all the time in 1641 an unnamed widow brewing at the ludlow castle garrison found her entire trade to be lost when a male competitor spread false rumors about herself and her business and it even um even women who just wanted to drink beer at a certain point were then lumped in with witches this one woman Anne Petterstotter, who was a I think a priest's wife, like someone yes. related to the church. Yeah. Um, she was just trying to buy some beer from a dude. Like she was like, hey, I just want to buy some beer. And he was like, which, which? Because she maybe said something ni- not nice when um, he was like, I'm not going to sell you beer. And she's like, I curse you. And then he was like, which? And then, but then they fucking killed her. Yeah. Like <sighs> fucking burned her at the stake for like being sassy about this. Yeah. About not being served alcohol, which <laughs> we've all Come been on, there. We've if all been I, there. I Can you imagine I, if you got burned oh. at the stake every time you got sassy? No. <laughs> I went behind a bar and poured my own beer from a tap one time and got kicked out. But well, it's worth which it. Which was fair. It was worth <laughs> it. And no one was even at the bar. They were like in the back. I was like, where is everyone? So I just took it upon myself. I was also intoxicated. But here's the thing. That definitely <laughs> would have got me killed. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You would have been dead, dead, yeah. dead ski. <laughs> I've done worse. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, oh. But yeah, so uh, it, it this all predated the Salem witch trials, but it was building up to it. And mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about this when we covered the witch trials, but like there this all started in Europe and there was a, an era called the Great Hunt, which was like a way longer time period. Um and all across Europe. And it, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was pretty bad. But women were just being called witch and executed. And it was brutal. And the reason that this picked up a lot of traction is it happened <clears throat> to coincide. We talked about this was like the Reformation period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Protestant church, which was like breaking away from the Catholic church and like becoming its own thing, um, was like, oh, you know what? This is our opportunity for free advertising because if we get into this, you know, there's a lot going on, but we can play the good guy and like it'll be great. So they 
used accusations of witchcraft to persecute women just to show like how hard ass they could be and they would get people really riled up and they would try to win them over being like we are more pure than the catholic church we are more anti-witch like look at us out here in the community cleaning up the streets it was bad um meanwhile the like there was the whole ass Spanish Inquisition happening, like where they were oh. just murdering everybody, like raping and murdering and pillaging. Like there was so much awful stuff going on at this dude. time period, but like men were doing it, so it was fine, mm-hmm. uh, type thing. Um, and th- I thought this was fun. There are these economists that wrote uh, about this time period, Peter Leeson and Jacob Russ, and they compared what the Protestant Church was doing to modern day like identity politics kind of like they were like okay from nine 900 to 1400 the catholic church didn't acknowledge witchcraft really and they did outlaw it um but they weren't like really into it and it wasn't until the protestant church was like we're taking a hard stand that then it was like oh this is something now that we all need to be involved in everybody pick a side and it was like why are we we don't no, like you could just like right. be a woman existing and you were yeah. you could you be were fucked. Yeah, you were fucked. Yeah. It's in so so many ways. Like oh honestly, yeah, women's lives during this time period was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Oh, and then super relevant to the witch hunt and beer, Germany, which was the center of the Protestant movement at the time, accounted for roughly 40 percent of these trials. And obviously, well, I mean, Germany, beer, obviously yeah. it's a big thing there. So like it just was like the perfect storm of shit yeah yeah um and then uh, the other um like switzerland france england netherlands accounted for 35 percent. and then the countries that weren't like super involved were all the catholic countries like spain italy spain had their own shit going on mm-hmm. um ireland and so as you can imagine this scared so many women and many of them stopped brewing because they were like i don't want to be killed for this that seems yeah. dumb this is like the um pro- like prohibition based uh, like prohibition for women uh making al- alcohol beer whatever yeah but like on a scale of a million you know yeah. this is like this is so crazy it was like high stakes and literal stakes because they would mm-hmm. be burned at one if like if some man just decided that they were yeah, just witch. accused yeah. them of witchcraft. Um, and by the end of the 1600s, there had been roughly 80,000 accusations and 40,000 deaths. Oh, my God. 50 percent. That is insane. And uh, historians argue that it's hard to know whether like Brewster's alewives uh, were accused of being witches because they were in these positions making beer and brewing beer or if it was due more so to their poor social position, but they went hand in hand. Yeah, like we said, like a lot of these women probably didn't have a husband mm-hmm. or children to have as like a, you know, respectability backstop or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, and so. these positions weren't, I mean, like throughout that time period, positions of being a baker, a cook, like a um, a a pub person like you you they have different statuses but you're not like nobility you're not right. you know you don't have a high status you're not a wealthy family you're, you're a serving working class family yeah you're working class and you're serving yeah. other people yeah 
And especially if you're like serving people not in a pub you own, but like off a wagon or whatever, and you're bringing, it's like a farmer's market situation, you know, it was like, you don't have a space to sell this from. It's, you know, it's like a little bit of a different situation and you maybe weren't looked on as, as like highly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we know how it goes. Like women from socioeconomic classes are generally like lower socioeconomic classes are generally looked down upon versus like and this is air quotes respectable women with higher status and that goes for everything like we just see it so much and every year it becomes more apparent to me like the class like, structure that we have in society a hundred percent you see it especially with the incident that happened yes. in Georgia, yeah, the women that were murdered by this this white man, yeah, uh, it was a hundred percent. The motive was racist, yeah. and also the idea that the you know news outlets aren't actually even saying that these women were more than likely sex workers. Yeah, like you can't have this narrative without saying that because it take like. You're not like people are allowed to be human beings no matter what they do. And yes. like it's still sad no matter what. And so it's just like they're automatically in this like subhuman category. Mm-hmm. And this is how it was then, too. It's just like you're less than a if you're not a uh, respectable woman. Yeah. You don't matter. You Your life doesn't count. And it yeah. was so easy to round these women up and say you're a witch and murder them just like today (laughs) it's fucking brutal yeah hashtag decriminalize sex work that's right oh my god that is that is something that like the sidebar uh just i think we've talked about this before but it's just like the i used to think like oh especially at the beginning of like all of the protesting and stuff last summer and wanting to be more involved and um feeling like I needed to focus my attention in so many other places. And then for me, I like realized, oh, no, this is the beauty of intersectional work. This is the beauty of reproductive freedom and reproductive rights. And focusing on that is because it uplifts women and it uplifts them from every class and every situation. And that's positive for like Mm -hmm. the world, you know? Oh, yeah. It affects everything. It affects everything. It is because we, because women are already, you know, second class. And then when there's other issues involved, sex, work, abortion, whatever, mm-hmm. it just like muddies it even more. And it's like, no, we need to elevate that shit and make it acceptable and, you know, normal and legal and all these things. And honestly, I'm so over everyone policing people's bodies. It's like, I don't give a fuck what you do. I don't give a fuck. I still I still think I still respect you. I want you to have dignity and I want you to have the same I want you to have the same quality of life as everyone else. Like mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. It's so It's not it's literally insane. yeah, I dude, I oh could go God. on and on. I know. I know. <sighs> well. Well. Yes. This is this was happening back back even back then. Um yeah. So I, yeah, it's just these Br- Brewsters, these women were they could not live their lives. It became yeah. uh, very difficult for a period of time. Um, although, we'll say, a lot of women still continued on. 
Uh, yeah, I think probably women with like families and stuff lucked out because maybe they were able to continue it being a family tradition. But like the men took over, you know, mm-hmm. like the the recipes and the traditions of some of these Brewsters could have survived. It's just that the women were taken out of the picture mm-hmm. and the men got all the credit like we talked about earlier. Yeah, but I mean, there were still women that were like brewing, like like yeah. we mentioned before, up until like the Industrial Revolution, basically. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's much later after all the the big sweeps of like, uh, you know, the the witchcraft sweeps were going through going on during the like 1500 1600 so yeah 1600 1700s yeah um and while we're talking about witches one of the things that has been like a hot debate recently with historians uh i love it i i love it is is and i don't i don't know that anyone's landed on one side or the other but they've been just this has been a topic of debate and that is that um a few historians have been exploring the evidence that some of these Brewsters and Alewives contributed to our current iconography of witches, like how how witches are portrayed in like mm-hmm. uh, media and cartoons and like their key characteristics. Um, there's a theory that the witches' pointy hats came from the hats that these women would wear out in the market when they were trying to sell their beer so that patrons could find them easily in a crowd. Like, they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, that's the beer lady over there. Let's go over there. Um, also, cats, like the iconography of uh, witches having cats or being associated with cats um, because they would keep cats as pets in their um to keep his mousers so that they wouldn't have yeah. rodents in their grain and shit yeah mm-hmm. yeah as like little uh predators for the mice and then they'd be sweeping the grain and stuff so a broom uh mm-hmm. would be a part of the aesthetic as well and of course the huge cauldrons that they would bring and set up and be stirring so there are um some of these like kind of um icons that are associated with witches and that has been a debate as of late which is I love it yeah 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 a lot of uh historians have disputed the like original kind of ideas like like you were saying the pointy hats and the Mm -hmm. all that being related or connected to ale ale wives based on other factors uh and origins of some of some other like witch iconography Mm -hmm. um one noted scholar Peter Burke who uh wrote uh his uh, like I don't know if it's like a white paper or a book, but I think maybe in a book. I would think it's a book. It's called um, I, a, a blog post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Tumblr. A Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, it's called <laughs> I witnessing the use of images as historical evidence. Ooh. Um, and he says that which uh, the witch's hat and indeed the portrayal of the witch with a hooked nose uh, comes from virulent anti-Semitism. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. th- that I mean, that makes sense to me because yeah. this is all all this kind of imagery is is very present during like the Spanish Inquisition when they were just like murdering Jews constantly. Yeah. Um, and he described the portrayal of a witch as absorbing and amalgamating with contemporary depictions of Jewish people as, quote, the migration of stereotypes. Mm. So that who knows like when it actually came more I don't know it's when it's something amalgamates like that it's just like picked up and snowballs from century to century or from you know 
place to place. Um, well, and it can also, I mean, like if if uh, Jewish people were coming as immigrants and then there's like feelings about that, mm-hmm. like because that's not a new feeling. And then uh, and then probably, you know, maybe some of them could have been like uh, brewing and stuff, you know, because it was yeah. more of like a I know that gypsy is an offensive word, but I don't know another word for it. But like the, Rome, the Roma. Yeah, like the Roma is similar thing. It's like the Roma come from other the, countries. Yeah, and the diaspora lower... ha- yeah. happens and they have to like make a living somewhere and figure out life. Yeah, yep, and... yeah. And this is a way to, you know, it's almost like having a food truck or something. It's like a lower point of entry type mm-hmm. deal where you're like making your own goods to sell in the marketplace and you don't need a lot of things to do that. And... I, I could see how that could like be f- like have pre-existing stereotypes already coming into it and then feeding out of it, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, exactly. So this this uh, scholar, uh, Peter Burke, also said that he, he cites a decree from Hungary uh, mm-hmm. from 1421 declaring that all those arrested for sorcery must wear tall pointed hats Mm. And in early modern Spain, <laughs> heretic, yeah, heretics were also required to wear similar garb. And then, and he refers to this as the quote, visual code expressive of subhumanity. Mm. So it's, it's like signifying that these people are not as <laughs> worth, worthy of life yeah. as other people. So, yeah. And again, it, this is all during the Inquisition, which was just really really happening so yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah I think I'm sure like so I'm sure so many things played into like this time period and why you know it was easy it's just it's so wild that it was so easy to just be like witch and people were like okay like patriarchy man killer yeah it's hell of a drug but you know, other people had to be supporting that. And also, I just wonder, like, what made, uh, you know, this went on for hundreds of years. So it's not like they went, oh, shit, they want to kill them now. I'm not going to say that about anyone. They started maliciously using it. Yeah. And so it's like, what was fueling that? Was it people coming from other countries and, you know, other socioeconomic statuses, other religions? Like, Mm -hmm. what was all that? But it feels like that's what it was um amalgamation (laughs) yep uh and that brings us sort of to today um there you know we you said a little bit like up until uh did you say prohibition women were still brewing no the um industrial revolution oh the industrial revolution which is when women had to uh go into the workplace Mm -hmm. so they weren't able to they were there for 14 hours. They weren't at home. Um, no. uh, so, yeah, uh, that kind of put a stamp on it. But I don't think it ever really recovered after the um, the Great Hunt, as it was called in Europe, and all yeah. of these women being accused of witchcraft. It really never recovered, and uh, it sort of petered out. And honestly, it hasn't recovered today. Even, like, the gender inequalities in modern-day beer – 
Um, it's still very much a male dominated field, which we talked about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, we talked about that, uh, brewers are a majority male, majority white, um, a majority of the, like, it's not even just that brewers are male. It's like brewers are male. The marketing execs and the execs running these companies are male. And then like advertising skews male. And it's not just because of the content of the ads, but there is an assumption, which is so stupid that women don't drink beer and it's just not a woman's drink which is so oh my god in 2021 honestly it's so fucking dumb every time i'm in a a, any sort of like craft brewery place there's women there (laughs) we make up half the population it's so ridiculous um according to the uh 2018 study that the brewers association did 7.5 percent of brewers are women so tiny um and it's a little yeah it's so wild and it's a little better in terms of ownership because it's 22.6 percent of brewery owners are women but this is fucked up and i this is an assumption but i think that's probably because women go into business with other people and maybe sometimes that's like their husband or a dude they know like i don't Mm -hmm. women aren't out here on their own some are, but like mostly women are out here just like opening up craft breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's when people don't even think women drink beer. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, and honestly, shout out to our very good friends, Megan and Travis, who oh, have yeah. opened a brewery in like Arrowhead. Um, yeah. Technically, I mean, she is a she is a she's a lady brewer. Is she a brewer or brewery owner? She has brewery, brewery owner. She has yeah. Brewed. She's brewery I, yeah. owner. Yeah, yeah. She has brewed like her own batches, but I think they have like a they have brewer a master in-house. brewer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's a it's a craft. I mean, it's like any other type of craft where you yes. are you have an apprenticeship. Like it takes time and dedication, and it the hardest yes. part about this stuff is it is a guy's game. So like when you if. You are passionate about it and it's something you want to pursue. It's so hard and I'm sure there are so many problems of getting even into a brewery and getting an apprenticeship and how you're treated in that space, how patrons treat you drunk and mostly Mm -hmm. male. Like I'm sure there it's such an uphill battle and there are cool places that are uh, that are female owned and we should seek them out. I know there's one in Calabasas that's supposed to be cool. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, like I said at the top of the of the show, anybody, I encourage anyone who's passionate about beer uh, to check out the, the Pink Boots Society. Mm-hmm. It sounds really, if you're like looking to like, if you're a woman looking to get into the field of, of brewing, uh, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good resource to check out. Um, and if you are a lady brewster or brewery owner, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, yes. I drink will your buy beer. your beer. Yes. I will buy your beer, even oh, though I can't drink God. it right now. <laughs> well, you can't, but I can. Uh, DJ can drink it and I could have sips of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. There's one in there's one uh, in California. It, oh, oh. No, that's not it. I think it's Lady Something or Sister Something. It has like a Lady Sister type name. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> hey, sister lady. <laughs> hey, sister lady, sister lady, girl, brewer, sister. Um, it hey, is. Hey, Katie, girl. Yeah. Hey, beery girl. <laughs> yeah. There is one called Three Weavers that is um female. Ooh, I love that name. That's fun. Yeah. I think 
is the brew. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster Alexandra Noel. Oh, love to see it. We love to see it. Yeah. Well, I miss beer a lot. I uh, Mm. can't wait to drink it again with reckless abandon. Yeah. um, When I'm not pregnant or breastfeeding again. Oh, my God. Someday. Yeah. Oh, Uh. well, that's it, I think, right? I think so. I I love yeah. this topic. It's very fun. Uh, Me too. My I love learning about the ancient history, especially. It's like so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested in um, beer goddesses now. <laughs> Hit me up yeah. if you know any more. <laughs> yeah. Send our send them our send us their names. Would love to worship. <laughs> <laughs> I will worship at the altar of them for their yes. beer. Uh, love it. Um. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Per usual, the best. Yep. Mm. Follow us on social media at DTFU Podcast. All the places. Mm-hmm. Um, we got everything. What do you want? We got it. Yeah. We don't have a parlor, but, you know, fuck that. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> we don't have a parlor. <laughs> we don't do that. Uh, but That's you know, on purpose. Yeah. All the normal social media places. Yeah. Um, Go to our website, dtfupodcast.com. Um, yeah. And uh, drink a beer for me mm-hmm. when you listen to this. That'd be great. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and uh, listen, be excellent to yourselves and each other. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.